The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson uh, and my guest Charlie Clawson is uh, Justin Hamilton. How are you Justin? I'm good, I'm the, uh, we've gone over this before but I'm definitely the shorter, more myopic version of Charlie Clawson. Yeah. But we, we kind of overlap in a few places as well, well with things that we like. I like to think that people have like people have their favourite Batman. Right. Uh, yes. Then they're gonna have their favourite Charlies as well. Yep. And yep. each of them have their own sort of I like to think with the regular Charlies. Mm-hmm. Like because in some ways you know, if we put out all the podcasts that the two of us have done together in the Fofop world, it could be its own podcast. Oh, right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so some people could just listen to that. Or Dave Anthony and I have done like 50 Fofops. So we've actually just kind now? of. Yeah. Wow. Charlie and I have only done 100 Tofops. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it going to have a guest. Dave Anthony. Yeah, that's right. Right. There, maybe, might, be, there maybe. might be a point where Charlie has to become the guest Dave Anthony if we right. pass. And then other people can come in and they can choose which guest they want to be. They can be guest Dave or guest Charlie. Yeah. Oh. Flip flop halfway through and you have to guess. Hey, are you being Dave? Hang on. <laughs> what? Why are you so angry about something that doesn't matter? <laughs> Dave Anthony. <laughs> oh, hang on. You just remembered some trivia from that 80s movie perfectly. Charlie's back. But he's back. <laughs> Gets angry about his dad and then drops a Soul Man reference and everyone goes, oh, God, that was a quick flip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Someone's being angry about their dad in their teenage years. Okay, that's Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> While watching Soul Man. Oh, my God, he's blended them. You know, like when uh, you get schizophrenics. Is it schizophrenia where they try to blend the personalities into into one? Or is that multiple personality disorder? I don't know. I yeah. Don't, I, I think that's how it works. I, I don't think it would be schizophrenia because I no. think that sometimes the voices in your head when you're schizophrenia, you don't probably want to incorporate them into you. I yeah. mean, I imagine that it's like the – what's the – uh, the t- they're making the movie, the Marvel movie that has like the Joker and Jared Leto is going to be oh, the Joker. DC and- movie, Suicide oh, Squad. D- sorry, that's what I meant. The yeah. DC movie. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Clawson then. Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, a 15 minute rant about uh, DC and Marvel and how they're ruining entertainment. Oh, Dave's Dave. Dave, right. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of those quick flips. <laughs> Hang on. DC are rigging the NBA? Oh, Dave's oh. back. Um, <laughs> So, uh, what what is the name of Suicide Squad, right? Yes, yes. And so, uh, it's the Suicide Squad. That's what I think the schizophrenic like voices in your head would be. You're you're trying to get like a whole bunch of people to work together that, you know, eventually are going to turn on each other. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we don't want that in the podcast. But we, imagine, oh, I do. Also, like, I'm, I'm sure you don't want to refer to your schizophrenia. And if there are schizophrenics out there, maybe you can hit us up and let us know. But explain the difference properly. Yeah, it yeah. would be really good. Yeah, I, I'd like to know that. And if, if you, and if you have multiple personalities, do all of them listen to the podcast? Yes. <laughs> do they all do separate downloads? <laughs> who's, who's their favourite guest, Charlie? Do they all have a different guest, Charlie? That would be great. That would if be fantastic. If somebody had like five different personalities, like United States of Tara style, right? Right, right. And they had five different personalities and they all listened to the podcast, but then they would argue around the table about who their favourite guest Charlie was. Yeah, I'd be into that. I'd be into that a lot. If you were to have... You know, but you have to download it separately. I want all five downloads. I don't right. want you guys to be sharing one podcast. And five different ratings. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to you got to commit. I reckon there might be uh, there, there might be like what different personalities would you like to have if you were like the United States of Will? Oh, okay. If you if you had to break yourself down, um, I would think there, that be, would there be the uh, would there be like a Yobbo sportsman Will? Oh, there's definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not. I think about this with my friend Mark Howard, who is. Uh, so some people will know if you're in Australia, you might know Howie. He's a sports reporter, mm. and he was my uh, one of my two closest friends at high school. Shep Howie and myself were yep. like yeah, inseparable at high school. And uh, Howie and I used to sit together. I've told this story before, but in year eleven chemistry with Wally Vermalen, he was a Canadian. Great. Mr. Vermalen, and he would always reference Degrassi Junior High. Right. And he would always talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. And he would. Uh, he had a couple of catchphrases. And you know when you're at high school, when you first start doing comedy, it's really just doing your teacher's catchphrases. Oh, yeah. You know, so like he would have... Uh, uh, he'd be always... Like if someone was late, the minute he sat, they sat down, he'd be like, you, you, why are you late? Every oh, time. Right. And so if somebody was late, we would wait for it. And then we'd just like all go up in a, you, you, why are you late? Right. Uh, like in harmonies. Yeah. Did he know that? Oh, by the end. Right. By the end when we got cocky. Yeah. When it was nearly over. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, one of my favourite things was he once uh, read the role <laughs> at the end of the year and uh, Bianca Dunlop wasn't there. Right. And he was like, Where, where's, where's Bianca? Where's Bianca? And we were like, yeah, she moved to Broome like a year ago. Oh, right. Hadn't noticed. <laughs> Hadn't noticed. Last but not least. I hope uh, Bianca's not listening to this and thinking that was her favourite teacher, that he had a huge effect on her and, uh, you know, it was like her Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society and now she's in Broome listening to this podcast and just going, oh, my life has just fallen apart. She's in Broome li- listening to this podcast, watching Degrassi Junior High. High, eating a peanut eating butter, a peanut jelly, butter sandwich. jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> she's never been late to anything since. <laughs> yeah. But all her friends are like, yeah, Bianca, she's so punctual. Where did she get that? Yeah. And now she's going to unravel. Oh, my God. She turned up seven minutes late. <laughs> Something's happening. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, the other one was that uh, – so, this is my favourite yeah, story yep. about him – is that Howie and I used to sit together and uh, he, he one day he, – he, and he would refer to me all the time, but he'd be like, you, 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 Mr. Howard's friend. Oh, really? That's who I was. Right. I was the unnamed sidekick. So, would that be the name of the sports-loving version of you? Mr. Howard's friend. Mr. Howard's friend. Yeah, so oh. it would be Howie and Mr. Howard's friend. And we'd yep. do a radio show together where we just talked about sports. Yeah. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. There is a part of me that if I'd ended up being a journalist and if I'd gone into sports reporting. So, that's why I bring up Howie. Yeah. Howie uh, has done a bunch of things in his life. But for the last sort of decade, he's become a, a sports reporter. And he's worked his way up. And now he's commentating on the, the BBL, the Big Bash Cricket League at the moment. In fact, today... Isn't it hilarious how your life turns out sometimes? Uh, today, I got a message passed on from Adam Gilchrist. Now, if people don't follow Australian cricket, Adam Gilchrist is one of the greatest cricketers that there has ever been and also one of the greatest blokes of all time. Right. Like, we loved Gilly. We oh, loved yeah. watching him bat. We loved watching him play. Just I- I got. I was late to Dave Hughes Bucks party because I watched him belt a hundred off what fifty-seven balls against yep. England, where they had the uh, all the fielders in a circle around the oval. That's where they were. So he just went. Oh so well, I'll, I'll just go over, over the them. <laughs> you guys aren't ten feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Check How about out. I hit it to that guy in the stands? Yeah. How about you go and sit next to that guy with that pie right there? Yeah. Guess what? I'll hit it over him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good Gilchrist was. I'll hit it into his pie. That's yeah. how good Gilchrist was. Yeah. And so I'm and got, he'll be fine with it. So I've got a message passed on from Gilly uh, today 
uh, from someone saying, hey, do you have any embarrassing photos of Howie from when you were a kid? Oh, and right. I'm like, oh, my God. One of my hero cricketers has messaged me to find embarrassing teenage photos of a friend. Like, it's, it's a... Yeah, it's so cool. It's a fun day. And it's the ultimate revenge for Mr. Howard's friend. Right. So, I, <laughs> I have always... Looked at his career, like yep. he gets to call the AFL. He works on the AFL coverage. Yep. He interviews the players. Yeah, he like you know it's a sport he loves, and now he's commentating on cricket. The yep. other sport he loves, like and he's how, really good at it. And he's really good at really it. Really good. Like there's a real passion. And I look at his life, and I think, fuck, that'd be okay. Yeah, that'd I'm be a bit really jealous good. of it. Yeah, because it's like he's really doing. If I outside comedy, which I do ge- genuinely have a passion for. Yeah. But if I'm completely honest, I spend more of my time enjoying sport than yeah. I do like watching comedy or enjoying comedy. So, right. So there's a part of me that's just like, how fucking good a life would that be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Husey, uh, a great mate of ours, Dave Hughes, a, a fabulous Australian comedian, has just joined, like he's kind of made that choice. Right. He's just gone, I'm going to unleash Yobbo Dave because he's just joined the most fucking Yobbo sports show in Australia. Right. The Channel 9 footy show. Unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, where are they going to put him? Not the bar. He doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> You know where Trevor Marmalade used to sit? Like they're going to have to. What are they going to create for him? A latte lounge. The latte lounge. We're going over to the latte lounge. Yeah. Uh, so Husey, I know the Red Bull Rec Room. Yeah, the Red Bull Room. <laughs> the Red Bull Room. They'll yeah. get a sponsorship. Yeah. Husey's over in the Red Bull Room, and it's just Husey singing Red Bulls and getting angry about footy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a part of me that admires that. There's a part of me that would never do it. Like, right. Who I am. Like I mean, I. I love a lot of the guys on that show in yeah. that blokey way that I enjoy those sort of things. Yeah. But I find that a very uh, misogynist in particular show. Right. And I find it a very old school entertainment show. Yeah. I could never do it. I, I, it's not for me and it's not for my audience and it would be a terrible fit for what it is that I do. Yeah. But if there was another me that didn't give a shit about all that stuff. Yeah, Mr. Howard's friend. Mr. Howard's friend. He'd do it. He'd be on the fucking foot. He'd be in the Red Bull room. He'd be hosting. No, he'd be in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the Red Bull room. <laughs> right. But yeah, but there is a part of me that thinks, I could have been Eddie Maguire. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if yeah. I, you know, I could have been a journalist who kind of oh, surrounded yeah. myself with like footy players and stuff and yeah, put together the shows and was half funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could have been that. Half <laughs> funny. I, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that part. Uh, there's a bit of a sliding doors moment of uh, imagine you get uh, this career, which is fantastic and is going great and something that, as you said, you love and not many people get to say that they actually love their work. Right. Or you get to be the president of the Western Bulldogs and deliver them their first premiership. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even think about that. Yep. Where do I sign up for that choice? Yeah, yes. How do I get in a, in a situation where I get to make that choice? Yeah, I've never been a fan of Billy Connor. <laughs> <laughs> He's moved on quickly. Oh, mate, I was, I, like, you know, sometimes there's people who leave their club or whatever because um, a scandal happens. Like, yeah. So, you know, there'll be some big cheating scandal or yeah. there'll be some sort of like, you know, rape accusation against the club and people are like, well, I can no longer support this club and I'm, you know, I might not even support the support anymore. I'm going to go away and like put my passion into something else. Yeah. Yeah. I could just like take some, I'll give up, like, I was so offended by the Cosby thing. Right. That I was just like, I can't be a comedian anymore. Yeah, I'm out. Anyway. I'm going over to this show that's pretty offensive and probably reinforces many of the ideas. <laughs> That'd be a flip nobody expected. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I would you know what? The, the I would never want it to happen. It's never going to happen, but I would love to have 
10 cameras on 10 very diverse fans of yours while they're watching you on the footy show in that first cross. You know, like the older right. couple that enjoy Gruen. Mm-hmm. You know, the young kids that still think you're, you know, oh, look, he's naughty. He gets away with stuff. Uh, the the women who like that you speak up for really important issues without ever being patronising. All of them, I'd like to have a little single camera on their faces as they watch the th- first throw. Right. Because <laughs> it would be... It would be... Just me there going, oh, how about Caroline Wilson ruining footy? Wasn't she just crying to her tits? Oh, my God. Come on, guys. It's a bit too right. funny for the footy show, but the, <laughs> but I see where you're coming too from. Too funny for the footy show. Because <laughs> <laughs> you toned that down a bit, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, stop with the yuck yucks. But imagine their faces. There'd be like some, like I reckon the old lady would just burst into tears and the dad would just be shaking his head while kind of remembering to pat her on the shoulder. Like he's actually caught up in his own grief for so long that her wailing eventually reminds him, oh, well, that's right, my wife that I love very much is crying. I better... Pat her on the shoulder stoically. That's one reaction. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be a few people who'd be into it. I might get some new fans. Right. Might win some people over, you know. Right. Oh, he's not doing that fucking poof to shit at the ABC anymore. Yeah, none of that PC crap. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. About time Caroline Wilson's boobs got it. Yeah. Got what we're coming for him. <laughs> By the way, when I said that, I was imagining that I was Warren Perzo when he was talking about Santo Chilaro doing the uh, Alvin Purple remake. Yeah, he stopped doing that poof to shit over at the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest. Uh, I, I that sketch I still quote the the Warren Perzo. Uh, if people don't know it, uh, just Google Warren Perzo and, yeah. and it'll come up. I, I did see that Tony Martin tweeted a Warren Perzo photo for oh, something yes. the other day. So it's still even so the funny. photo is funny. The photo is hilarious, yeah. right? And uh, you know what's great about it is that when I saw it for the first time on the Late Show, my friends and I just. You know, this was before DVD or that, so we'd recorded it and we'd just go back over and over and just be able to... Uh, I don't know where they're getting sensitive from. Hey, steve can you get that fat chick to get me some more homo water? Like, just fucking cracking lines like that. And uh, the first time I met Tony, I mentioned that that was a, a great uh, sketch and that my friends still quote it, and he said it died on the night. <laughs> and right. isn't that funny to know that something that you could love so much <laughs> somewhere else, everyone was just going, what? What? And that they were all in the studio. Oh, no, I, th- I I mean, that's a very good thing for people to remember in general. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely Sporty Me. Yep. Uh, there would definitely be that one. I think also there would definitely be, I was thinking about this the other day, there would be uh, experimental drug me. Right. That, like, as in, like, there is a part of me, like, on the, you know, small dalliances into the world of psychedelics and the kind of knowledge that I feel like I've got from those experiences and the, like the kind of glimpse into the subconscious and the glimpse into what other realities might possibly exist or whether I would like to, like your sort of uh, Terence McKenna's or, you know, Timothy Leary's or whatever, there's definitely a part of me that would be like, I would love to kind of go and do that for a bunch of years and like travel to Peru and like, you know, take ayahuasca and go on like a journey of self-discovery and kind yeah. of like, you know, when they were doing the DMD experiments in uh, with Terence McKenna, I think like people did like 60 or 70 sort of like doses and like yeah. we continually go back into that world and try to experience what was there and ex- explore what your brain is kind of capable in that sort of sense. Yeah. 
Now, I can't do that because I have a job and I'm worried that at one stage I'll be like, oh, no, I live here now. Yeah. And I have responsibilities. Yeah. I've got, people rely on me. The dog needs to be fed. Yeah. I can't be in some alternate dimension hanging out with elf creatures when the dog needs to be fed. What happens if you're in that world, you imagine that you're on the footy show as my Howard's friend? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the best of both worlds, isn't it? <laughs> like, you're hallucinating the place that you would like to be. Right. So, that would be Swami Will. Yeah. And you'd probably have a beard. And really just go for that whole sort of, like, dedicated myself to yeah. exploring the mind and exploring the possibilities yeah. of the mind. You'd be mind. good at yoga? Yeah, I'd definitely do some yoga. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to... I mean, if you're going to sit in a, like a tent in Peru for ages, you've got to be flexible. Oh, without a you doubt. I mean? Yeah, we've all made that mistake before. So, there, there would definitely be that <laughs> aspect of my personality. Yeah. There would be... Uh, it was funny, I was doing the project. I'm doing the... Pro- that's why I'm in Melbourne this week. I'm doing the project. And, yeah. Um, because that's not a show that is my show or my world, there are people who watch that show who have certain sort of inbuilt prejudices or whatever, rightly or wrongly, about me. Some of them probably rightly in regard to that my opinions are not their opinions. So right. you get this kind of like, I get a lot of like, just like last night, their Twitter feed gets a little, oh, well, this will just be another like show of somebody telling me how I should think. Yeah. Now. Have they sh- seen your live shows? Right. <laughs> Because that would be a fair <laughs> thing to throw out. <laughs> no, well, because here's the thing: like, I hopefully what I try, I try to say in my like shows and, and the idea that I'm exploring is the idea that that there is no one right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For anyone, yeah. it would be ridiculous of me to say to people that I want to tell you how to think because my whole premise is. Don't let anybody tell you how to think. Right. Find what's right for you. This is my problem with organized religion and stuff. This idea that there, or you know, whatever, organized anything, organized anything, that there is a solution. No one knows what the world's about. Yeah. Our job is to explore it and find things from different things that might guide you in what you need to do. So that's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to do. Even though some people like interpret it like that. Yeah. Somebody's, he's gonna. What they really mean, I think, is he's gonna say what he thinks. Yeah. And what he thinks isn't what I think. Yeah. So somehow I think he's telling me yeah. what to think. That's yeah. not my intention. My intention is just to tell you what I think. Yeah. But there is another part of me that would like to tell them what to think. <laughs> there is definitely a part <laughs> so of me. So is that the third part of you? Yeah, as a yeah. comedian particularly, if I yeah. was still doing comedy, but like would, that would just love to be an angry, tell it like it. Like sometimes I watch Charlie on that show and he would make a really – like. He spoke about refugees. Yeah. And it was a beautiful speech. People can look it up. Uh, Charlie Pickering, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it was a beautiful speech. And yeah. And it was like a West Wing fucking moment. Oh, like right. Like where he turned to the camera and he said, not in my country. Yeah. Not on my watch. Right. And I was like, this is fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. All right? <laughs> it was pretty good. But I couldn't... That's not who I am. I can't no. be a not in my country. That's my... Like, that's what I hope I'm saying through the ideas that I expressed and saying, here's what I think. Yeah. But I can't be a not in my country, not on my watch person. Yeah. I'm more like, not in my country. Ah, country has cunt in it. Yeah. (laughs) What was the point I was making? (laughs) What would Charlie Clawson have said if he turned around at that point? Uh, No, Charlie would have been supportive. Oh, he would have been very supportive. He would have been supportive. But he would have have thrown in a little curveball at the end. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, uh, th- there is a part of me, there is a part of me that would love to be that definite. Yeah. There is a part of me, uh, you saw me walk a fucking room in Bali, which we'll get to. We were on, uh, we went to Limo's wedding in Bali. Oh and, my God. Uh, 
on one of the last days, there was a whole bunch of our friends gathered around this big kitchen table and someone got me started on fucking refugees and uh, in asylum seeker policy in Australia and yeah. I have some firm opinions about right. the terrible thing we're doing to vulnerable people and I started expressing those and I literally walked a living room. Oh, it was one amazing. One by one, people yeah. just went, you know what? There's a pool out there. There's a pool out there. Maybe we'll just lie by the pool and not have yeah. to listen to you fucking bang on yeah. about all the injustices that our country is delivering. Yeah. Now, I don't do that shit on stage. That's me off stage. That's right. my opinion. But there's a little part of me well, everyone that would has fucking that. love to just be that guy. To yeah. be angry, fucking tell it like it is. Yeah. Not in my country. Not on my watch. It would be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I reckon it would be exhausting as well. Don't you think? Like uh, being that angry about everything is exhausting and it stops you from sometimes being angry about the right things. Oh, well, people are angry, so angry at the moment about things that don't matter. I was saying to this little guy online the other day who was like, well, he, he was a guy who would actually set out to get me to block him. Like right. on his page, he was like, I'm going to get Troy Will Anderson to block me. So I was like, well, if that's what you want, that's not what you're getting. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> seems, uh, seems foolish to put it out there so brazenly, right. knowing, and, and like obviously having no idea who you are. Like if you wanted to be blocked by you, you wouldn't do that because you would know that just you would... Just say, if you want to be blood by me, it's fucking simple. Say something dismissive about the Dark Knight trilogy. Done. Done. <laughs> Sometimes I just seek out strangers on the internet who've said bad things. Sometimes I just Google Dark Knight shit and then go through the tweets and block people in random countries, mate. It's not a fucking achievement to get blocked by me. Imagine if I you, block all the time. Imagine if you're in the Netherlands and uh, you've right. had an Australian friend come over who's a, a boarder oh, yeah. and he's taken a whole lot of your DVDs and, and Right, they CDs. start listening to the podcast. They start listening to the <laughs> podcast, love it so much, and then he thinks, oh, you know what I should do? I should follow him on Twitter. Yep. He goes, I can't find him. Oh. Why is he not on Twitter? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So instead, I thought I'd, I'd just like engage with this guy, like you know, like because I thought it just might be fun and whatever. And you know, he's like, "Well, you've never made me laugh," and I was like, "Yeah, no, I mean, that's I probably haven't. I probably haven't. Yeah, like I understand at best, comedy has a very like it's subjective. It's subjective, but also the best, most popular comedians in the world only have a niche following, right? Do yeah. you mean? Yeah, because if if you're gonna be able to stand out as a comedian it means that you have to have something and if you have something that means not everyone's going to like that something right. and every time you open your mouth you have another opportunity to say something that's going to get some more people not to like you right so if you've been around for long enough yeah so the biggest guys like you, who, who's the biggest comedian in the world who would be at the like, moment that's a that's a tough question uh well i guess russell peters yeah okay yeah that's as good a guess as anything. Yeah. Let's say Russell Peters is the biggest comedian in the world at the yeah. moment. Now, if you went down the street here in Australia and asked, like, if you asked 100 people, Just I reckon 10 people would know who Russell Peters is. Right. And not all of them would like him. Right. And if they did like him, they'd all like him to various degrees. There might be people who like, yeah, we see him every time he comes to the country. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, I saw him on like that just for last special. I thought he was pretty funny. Yeah. Some people are like, I fucking hate Russell Peters. Yeah. You know, I think he's really offensive about the way that, like, I don't think it's funny. I think it's racism. Yeah. And all those things would be right and fine to the people. And they're just the small percentage who know them. Yeah. I'm not in this for everybody to like me. Yeah. I, this was the thing I love about the podcast more than anything is that you're uh, you're here for the right reasons. There's yeah. nothing else 
you know, really, apart from stand-up that we do, the people have just come out specifically to see you. Yeah. You do a TV show, they're there for a million different reasons. You do the project, they're there because they like news or they like Carrie or they like... Or they're waiting for the BBL to come on or fucking right. whatever. They love yep. Mark Howard and now they have to fucking look at Mr. Howard's friend, which right. is not what they wanted. No. <laughs> so <laughs> I get that. So this idea that you would insult me by implying that you didn't like me right. is, is, is A, not an insult because that's not my intention for everybody to right. like me. But secondly, do you like every food? Right. Does like, he go into the supermarket and look at grapes and go, yeah. fuck you, grapes. Fuck you, grapes. Fuck you. I've never enjoyed you, grapes. I hate it when you're in a fruit salad. It ruins all the other fruits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I fucking love watermelon. Yeah. Now you, all these fucking grapes are in here. Yeah. I'll never. You know what? You're putting me off watermelon, grapes. Oh, yeah, that's it. You've ruined watermelon yeah. and fruit salad for me, grapes. You ruined one of my favorite cartoons, The Great Grape Ape. Like, I yeah. can't even watch that now. Can't watch it anymore. I used to love that monkey on the back of the... Car. Can't go to Roman orgies anymore. Oh, it's ruined it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a roll-on effect. Fuck can't you, dr- grapes. Can't drink wine unless it's 15 years old. That's yeah. when I consider them not to be grapes <laughs> yeah. anymore. That's my cut-off. <laughs> the age of grape consent. <laughs> Put that down as a title. <laughs> If, we, if he forgets to, can someone remind us? Yeah, you're allowed to. It's okay. You're allowed to make grape jokes. That's the nice thing. And Oh, there'll still be someone on the internet oh. going, oh, look at these guys oh, here we making go. grape jokes. Oh, hack. Hack. <laughs> this, um, this woman got, speaking of people getting angry online, this woman got angry at me online uh, the other day about she, uh, somebody I thought was being sexist, right? And so I called them out about it online. He said, well, most men have just gone to look at a picture of her boobs or whatever. Right. As it turned out, and I've found since because of this incident, the dude was actually, the dude who made the joke, he was making a joke. Oh, he was right. Trying, yeah. But it it just, you didn't read it as sarcasm. It didn't read it as sarcasm. And there needs to be. And because there's so much of that shit on the internet where yeah, people say things like shadows. that. Yeah. yeah. And because I thought, you know what? No. Not. On my fucking Twitter feed. Right. Not in my country. Right. <laughs> not in my timeline. Yeah, right. not in my timeline. Not in my timeline. Dr. Will. Not in my replies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I decided I would say, well, I don't think it's most men, mate. Like maybe a few dickheads or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And then this woman has taken it out of context and tagged it with not all men. You know how there's this hashtag on the internet, not all men, which is meant to be for men who... I like when, when someone says, you know, the yes or women thing. Yeah. And then a man, a man will reply, well, it's not all men who do that. Yeah. That wasn't, I was doing the opposite of that. Right. I was trying right. to do what I'm meant to do, which yeah. is call out casual misogyny when I see it. So you got That's called out. That's literally what I was doing. Yeah. And then I got called out for doing a not all men on something. And there was part of me that was like, okay, fuck you, feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I had a go. Yeah. I gave it a crack and you ruined it. You know, when I was in. But the nice thing of that story was oh. I contacted the guy. Uh, I said, I, I think maybe you've just misinterpreted the context of that. I was trying to call this guy out on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because I thought I offered, you know, I'll offer an explanation. Yeah. Um, she can accept it or not accept it, but that's the truth. So yeah. I'll just offer it. And in doing that, I found that's when I found out that the guy was joking because the guy right. had actually also responded to this girl saying, yeah, 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 here's what happened. Right. I was making a joke, but he didn't read that it was a joke and he was genuinely calling it. Like, so, and so now I'm actually, me and this guy are friends again. Right. The guy that I called out. Back on track. Yeah. So That's all right. I guess this woman's brought us together. So yeah. thank you, yeah. anonymous lady on the internet. Hashtag yeah. not all men. 
<laughs> you know, so funny, when I was in the uh, Bunter Boys, which was the uh, musical duo I started off in, in 96 we were performing at Adelaide Uni and we in the about two thirds of the way through the routine, we were told uh, through the show we were told, okay, yep, yep, that's enough. And we were like, oh, things must be running late. And when we got off, uh, the women's officer had gotten us dragged off for being uh, chauvinistic, and we were right in the middle of a routine about two chauvinistic guys and putting them down. So I gave up feminism a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag most men. <laughs> Hashtag never had a bad gig. <laughs> But the interesting thing is I also was like in the grand scheme of, you know, I I didn't want to get angry at this woman because in the grand scheme of the injustices, like that's such a small slight and I can handle it and because I wasn't making that point anyway, right? Yeah. Um, But I tweeted a tweet about feminism, which was actually the tweet that started this whole thing. Again, a pro-feminism tweet. It was about the uh, the Big Bang theory star who'd said come out and said that she wasn't a feminist oh right like she yeah. talked in the whole article like she's clearly a feminist she believes that women should get you know treated yeah. equally to men she's yeah. clearly a feminist yeah everything that she said but she was like but i'm not a feminist and yeah. so i tweeted a tweet about like i've read the article and i just think she doesn't understand what feminism right is. yeah 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 like it's it's true though they because when because, you know, you see a headline like that, that's one that you're going to read. Right. And, of course, the headline did its job. Because as you did read it, you think, oh, this isn't quite right. Right. But and so know- I was just making a point about, you know, the use of the word feminism. And yeah. I wasn't even having a go at her. I no. was kind of like saying, why are people who, like the whole point of the reference was, why are people who are clearly feminists afraid yeah. of using the F word, yeah. right? Evangeline Lilly did the same thing very, uh, like, quite recently, where she sort of said, you know, I would never consider myself a, a feminist. And it's like, it's like the words changed, like the word gay has changed connotations over the years, or literally, it's like feminism has changed as well to, a, to an extent where amongst a lot of women who quite clearly live their lives that way, it's a dirty word. Yeah, and... There's got to be at least a part of me that thinks that there's whenever you are whenever you are attacking a status quo, yeah, people, you know, the status quo fights back. You know, the body yeah. fights the infection, sort of like in a yeah. way. So when you hear these messages about you know angry feminists and what feminists want to do and all this sort of thing, you've got to always take it with a grain of salt that it's probably. The rea- it's the Corey Bernardi, well, if we let gay people get married, they're going to marry their dog. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, we let one gay person get married, people will be fucking their toasters by Tuesday. Right. We will have a nation of toaster fuckers. Do you want that? Is that what you want? You want to live in a nation where you can't put a fucking bread in a toaster anymore because somebody's got their dirty dick in your fucking toaster. Is that what you want? Because that's what you get if gay people get married. Right. You, get, you, you, you can't go into a baker's delight without someone having their cock in a bun. Yeah. That's what you want if you let gay people get married. Yeah. And like, you know, that works because I don't want dicks in my toasters. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving away f- feminism. <laughs> I went to Pie Face last night. Oh, is there one still open? So here's the thing. Like uh, for international uh, listeners, you might not know about Pie Face. Um, so Pie Face about four or five years ago. Like, it's, just it's a little sh- shop where they sell like overpriced, quite nice, but overpriced little yeah. gourmet pie things. Yeah. And they have faces on them, right? Yeah. And they opened one like every third shop. 
yeah. was just a pie face. Well, it was, it was that terrible model of, oh, this one's working, let's open 600. Right. I'm pretty sure people will need a pie by the next block. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was like that. It like, was and like just around the corner, but still on the same block. But yeah. I, And I don't want to be the guy who was like, I fucking saw this first. But anyway, I saw this first. Look. You were obsessed with it from the beginning. I was obsessed with it. It was the first day that you landed and you came and did the shelf. And the yeah. first thing you said to me was, how many fucking pie faces are there? I think I, I talked that night on the stage. shelf. I said, like, good to be in the only venue in Melbourne that is not yet a fucking pie face. Yeah. Like, and then it, it became an obsession of mine. I was like, there is no way this is a sustainable business model. Like, I don't know anything about the world of business, but I've got fucking eyes and I see how often people eat pies. Yeah. And it's, it wasn't adding up. And then so after four or five like years or whatever it's been, like the whole bottom's fallen out of the business. And yeah. So I was never a big pie face supporter, right? Yeah. But now, for whatever reason, I can't walk by a pie face without buying something because I feel like it's, it's my charity work. Right. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, you know, I'm paying back creditors <laughs> or something. It's like, it's my equivalent of sending a goat to an African village. Oh I my God. Just Eat more pies. Right. So I'm going by doing my fucking charity work. So last night I'm on the way. I'm going to a spleen uh, comedy in the city in Melbourne, and yeah. uh, so there's a pie face just around the corner, yeah. you know there. And so I went in there, and I've opened my wallet, and I realised I've just got back from overseas, and I got money out of the bank, and so all I had was like hundred dollar notes. Yeah, right. Look at Ando <laughs> walking around with hundred dollar notes. I've got to be honest. I enjoy the subtlety with which it was dropped. Right. <laughs> but then I've got out my hundred dollar note to pay for my like you know oh, my spinach roll they had with no sauce. Change. And she's just looked at me like, the fuck are you doing? Why are you bringing money in? Do you not read a newspaper? Yeah. If you let me keep that hundred, you can stick your dick in the pies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Seems like a fair deal. You can no, pro- actually, I wouldn't. They're quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they have some like apple pies and like you know, oh, yeah, other... You can go the cool part yeah. of the box. Oh, no, I'd be a delicious dessert pie. Yeah. Like I put it in like that lemon meringue pie they have or whatever it is. Right, just to cool down. Right. <laughs> I think if I'd given her the whole hundred, I would have actually owned that pie face. Right. And who needs that burden? I sh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hang on. Now I've got this terrible business that why, costs me why, money. Why doesn't Will turn up to gigs anymore? No. He's working double overtime at, uh, at his pie face. Why do all the pies have really sad faces on them now? <laughs> why are all the pies crying tears of tomato sauce? What is... He insisted when he took over that they were going to represent how he felt. <laughs> Well, that's the other personality. That's my... <laughs> oh, yeah, donuts. <laughs> donuts would own a pie the guy face. owning his pie face franchise. You know, uh, because... I, I think that we should... Li- I would buy... Here's my plan. I buy all the pie faces. Yeah. I lobby extensively behind the scenes for the legalisation of marijuana in Australia in the same way as is in the US. Oh, right. You do a, you do a reverse Peyton Manning. Yeah, exactly. Moves to Denver, nose pot's becoming uh, legal. Opens but, 34 dominoes. Exactly. So I do it the other way around, the sneaky way. Yeah. I get into the Pie Face franchise where it's fucking cheap right now. Yeah. Get in on the bottom. Yeah. People are like, this is a t- terrible decision. Why is he doing this? But at the same time, I've employed a lobbying group to like, because medicinal marijuana, particularly for serious illnesses, looks like yeah. it's going to get trials in some of the states in Australia. Yeah. So, you know, with a bit of a push, yeah. explain the economic benefits, like look at the, you know, the Colorado case model and show how many fewer, pe- like, I mean, Deaths from prescription medicines have gone down 25% in the time there's been legal weed there and a whole bunch of other positive factors, you know, for the community. I lobby the government and then I open a chain of pie shops slash marijuana dispensaries. Right. I combine the bit and it's called High Face. <laughs> the journey was worth it. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew it was going somewhere and I thought just don't interrupt. <laughs> Imagine that. Because I was going to say, I see the other way I was going to go with that was that uh, because you're successful in everything in all three lives, I thought maybe you would buy one and all the others would crumble and you'd just be that weird one oh, out yeah, of right. fucking Packenham. The guy who owns his own Ollie's trolleys. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah you know how, like, there's, I think there's one Pizza Hut in Bendigo or something like that. Right. Yeah. No, it's one of those things where you just want, you've, you've got the lone, like, you know, place that, like, it's like the KFC that wanted the liquor license. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, yeah. the KFC to play. And, like, you're the one that you can go to the KFC and also get a drink. You're that, like, yeah. the, the you're one the- place you can still drive through and, like, you know. Yeah. Drive through Pie Face. <laughs> drive through Pie Face. That would be the thing that got you over the top. <laughs> Open 24 hours. <laughs> and you'd be selling pot on the side. Let's <laughs> sell more pies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By day you're selling pot, by night you're selling pies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my double identity. <laughs> yeah, it's on the it's on the business card. Uh, I want to know what your uh, various personalities would be. Oh, We've talked right. about mine, but if yeah. you were going to have like a United States of... Actually, you know what? Let's pause it for a minute. I'll have a bathroom break and we'll, okay. you, have, you can have a quick think about it. Okay. So we're back. Justin Hamilton. Uh, multiple personalities. I hope this is not offensive to people, by the way. Oh, I don't we're, think it we're, is. It's, it, we're doing it kind of more... Comedically. Oh, well... Like a superpower. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Alternate universe. Yeah. 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 Quite, it's an interstellar tribute. Right. Oh, oh yeah. you'd be so happy yes. today on Triple J. I was in with Nazim and uh, he was... He, by the way, he's a very funny guy. If you don't know Nazim Hussain. Oh, Nazim Hussain. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Um, He's really brilliant. People should check him out. I've, I'm actually going to get him on my other podcast, Willosophy, and uh, I think he's going to be a really great guest. He's uh, really, uh, I really enjoyed I've never worked one-on-one with him, and we did right. over an hour on the radio this morning, yep. and it was delightful. Yeah. Like, we had a really good time. I loved riffing with him. He was a really fun person to play with. One of the things, uh, apart from being a uh, cracking bloke, uh, one of the things I also really like about him is every time I see him perform, he's, uh, he's worked on the craft, and he's, you know, he's always better. Right. And I, I like seeing that with young comics. It's exciting to see, you know, there was that time where Ronnie Chang was, oh, my God, who's this kid? And then Ronnie Chang. And that was a really fun segue to see in someone's career. It is. It's great to see somebody grow into their work. And yeah. Nazim in particular, and through no fault of his own, uh, he was in a, a, a wonderful group called Fear of the Brown Planet with yep. Amir Rahman. Is that right? Amir Rahman? Yeah. Um, who's, Raman, sorry. who's yeah. also fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And if people want to check out his stuff, there's a brilliant clip on uh, YouTube called Reverse Racism. Yes. And it's oh, it's had over a million views and stuff, and it's a wonderful routine. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if anyone, Super smart. If anyone ever wants to understand why you should never use the term reverse racism, yeah. then watch watch his routine. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But because they were also the first sort of comedians who came out and were like, you know, talking about, you know, religion and Islam and right. like, you know, like what, how Australians treated, yeah. you know, people from different cultures, and and some of it was really confronting. Yeah, and they probably were pushed a little bit beyond where they were in their career because you know, here's the thing: like you know, I think the entertainment industry does want those different voices, right? But sometimes what the entertainment industry does, and you see this with female comics sometimes as well, particularly in Australia, is because it's not like the shows don't want to have female comedians on it's just that there's a lot more blokes telling fucking dick jokes in bars than there are women still yeah so when you're looking for people it's easier to find a bunch of blokes and i I find that even with the podcast i try 
I do my best, honestly, to like, you know, when I can, you know, try to get as many, you know, different voices on as I can. But mostly, you know, you just kind of run into more blokes because there's more blokes doing comedy. Yeah. So it's easier to just ring some bloke because if I ring the one bloke and he can't do it, I ring another bloke and he can't do it. And then I ring the third bloke yeah. and he'll do it. Stacks of blokes. Right. I ring the, like, the first three women. They've all got jobs. Right. <laughs> 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 so like I'm fucking doing this shit. <laughs> They've got fucking important stuff to do with yeah. their career and stuff. Yeah. You have to schedule interviews with them. Oh god. Man, trying to get Judith Lucy. I'm trying to get Judith Lucy for philosophy. Oh and right. she's gonna be brilliant. But trying to fucking schedule in Judith, who's like a successful career woman, to like right. you know, do a fucking free podcast is yeah. you know, no. it's hard. So anyway, <laughs> my point is they got a little bit of a push because people were like, oh, great, there's new voices yeah. and, and, you know, let's really promote this. And sometimes that what, what that means is you don't get that time in the shadows to – and it happens a bit with female guests where, like, someone's doing great on the open mic or they're building up their act and suddenly people are like, well, they're brilliant. Let's put them on TV right now. Yeah. I hope she wouldn't mind me saying this and I, and I don't say it with any dis- disrespect, but one of the uh, regular guest Charlies on this show, Celia Pacola. Yeah. Brilliant comedian. Like her show right. at the Melbourne Comedy Festival oh, was, it was like – cracker. One of the best things that I've seen. Like, yeah. really just a brilliantly put together show. She's a fantastic comedian. We love having her on here. But I remember when, when she first came on the scene, she was so good from the start right. that people just wanted to put her in everything. And some of the stuff they put her in, she wasn't ready to do. Yeah. Or they didn't know what it was that she was good at yet because yeah. they didn't know enough about her. You now watch something like Utopia. Like, I thought she's doing a working dog show. You know, right. The... the, the History of quality in Australia, like that working dog brand. Yeah. And she was by far and away the best thing in it. Yeah. Because she's ready now. Yeah. She's in control of what she does. And I feel like that with those guys. Yeah. You know, now that they've gone their solo ways and they're kind of pursuing their own work and you've seen both of them grow into exactly who it was they were and, and yeah. what they're doing. So, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you see, uh, I think, a, a similarity with, uh, you know, two people working together and then going their separate ways and then really defining themselves at Charlie Pickering and Michael Chamberlain. Oh, classic example. Yeah, like Chamberlain, I think I told you, uh, some of the best gigs I saw last year were Michael Chamberlain. Yeah, I just did did some quotes for his poster. Someone like messaged me and said, hey, could Chamberlain's doing a show next year and would you provide a quote for the poster? And and I was like, yeah, I'd love to because I want to tell people to come and see him. Yeah. You know, that night at the, comic, at the Comics Lounge when he uh, you know, did that night there for us. Oh, my God. And he was just fantastic. Right. Like punchlines and twists and surreal, like things that other people aren't doing and saying. It was yeah. really nice to watch. But so different from what Charlie is doing now. I mean, right. I, I could see Charlie, like I think with his move to the ABC and what he's going to do with his late show there. Like he could be Australia's John Stewart. You're right. He could be Australia's not in my country not on my watch. Yeah. Like, that's where he's going. And it suits him. And it suits him. Yeah. You know? That's where he feels comfortable and I think it's what he does really well. Yeah. He brings all those skills of being a lawyer and being passionate and being idealistic and, you know, yeah. and having a real sort of sense of his own opinion and perspective on things to that table and I think it's going to be really great. But, I mean, if you explain to people that the two of them were like almost intertwined... Yeah. That people couldn't see one without the other. I mean, it's crazy. Like, they just don't seem yeah, yeah, the yeah. same at all. Not at all. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Right. It's like it's like if the Beatles split up and it just turned out that, like, Paul McCartney just went away and, like, made, like, fucking, you know, Roik Shop. No, he made, like, uh, no, what are the, what's the band from, like, what's the death metal band from Germany where they all... Ramstein. Ramstein. That's yeah, what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Not Roik Shop. Yeah. Uh, Ramstein. Like, yeah. it suddenly... And that was, you're like, oh. Wow. I didn't really... 
So that's what John Lennon was holding you back from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to have a giant cock on stage? Yeah, right. flames out of it? And wow. Shouting about things that you hope aren't anti-Semitic as you sing along? Right. <laughs> it uh, explains the Eggman. <laughs> okay, so your multiple personalities in oh. our comic book. Oh, I was, this, is, so this was the whole long story that I was telling you, of course, in a very tofop way. Right. Which was that... I did the radio with Nazim oh, and yeah. somebody, uh, they were talking about the, the Razzies. Yes. Yeah, the, the list of like, yes. worst films had come out and I was trying to get going the Nazis. Right. So like, and... Uh, because You've got to be news, careful how you say that. Because the newsreader... Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, the newsreader is called Naz and Naz was like doing the, yeah. the show. So I was like, well, we've got to, it's got to be the Nazis. You right. two get, get together with Naz, the rapper, and you know, you decide right. what the worst movies of the year was. Yeah. So the newsreader, Naz, uh, who is blind, by the way, which is, again, such an amazing story. Right. One of the great things about Triple J, the radio station that I used to work for, is that I was in there this morning doing this show like with this guy playing this amazing like you know music Australian yeah. hip hop and world music and like just brilliant songs you know like you'd hear like you know the One Day Crew like an Australian hip hop actor were brilliant their album is like amazing uh, it goes straight into like you know um, the TV on the radio so right. again one of my favorite albums Albums-y. of this year and then you've got a guy who's like a you know who's from Sri Lanka yeah who's like you know. Uh, talking to a newsreader who's blind right. and reads the news. It's fucking... Sometimes I'm like... And that's getting out to people in Broken Hill. Right. Like, it's awesome. People in Broken Hill are going, what am I hearing? Right. We haven't even fixed this fucking hill. Right. It's been broken the whole time. <laughs> yeah. No one, People in Broken Hill were one day like, hey, should we fix this hill? Nah, let's just call the place Broken Hill. It's yeah. a tourist attraction now. Yeah. But you know what it would also be now? There'd be a little bit of, uh, you know, well, what happens if we fix it? And it's like the Jennifer Grey of oh, yeah, Hills. Go- oh, yeah, right. You know, like you change it and then like no, one, no goes. one goes. Well, why would you go? We thought it was better. I'm not no. going to go and see Hill. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> hey, didn't this used to be Broken Hill? Yeah, we fixed the hill. Oh. Now just Hill. Yeah. What a terrible mistake. There's hills everywhere. Yeah. I, I could, bullshit. I could have seen hills. I saw hills on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> I left the whole the hill. time I was like, I wish one of these was broken. Yeah. I, I left a hill to see a broken hill. This is, I'm furious. I live in the hills. <laughs> I live in the hills. My name's Adam Hills. Like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I live in the Adam Hills. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day, Hillsy probably could be. Maybe one day Hillsy will be so beloved. You know, like they've got like ACDC Lane in Melbourne and like, you know. Hillsy Crescent. They could have Adam Hills. Yeah. Like, but it would be in the oh, Hills. Yeah, right. Like, you know, yeah. like the Adelaide Hills could become the Adam Hills. Right. Oh, he should do that. Yeah. He should just do that. <laughs> he, could, he, he could go back and own Adelaide. <laughs> uh, and as, as, as mayor, I declare, they are now known as the Adam Hills. He should run on that. Yeah. I still think he'd get elected. He would. Yep. He's well, so charming. He stands for something. <laughs> what about the economy? What about the hills? <laughs> Fair that, enough. That could be his slogan. Uh, I only have one foot, but I stand for something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adam Hills for the Adam Hills. Everyone's coming up to you. You ran a really good campaign. You're like, for fuck's sake, I've been in LA. <laughs> uh, uh, 
one of the guys who got angry uh, at me online about the project was like, oh, I have to fucking hear you and see you all the fucking time. I was like, mate, I've been out of the country for a year. Yeah. I, I, I gave up my popular television show and left the fucking country. What more can I do, mate? Yeah. I had a crack. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he should stop looking you up. Like maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe he keeps looking up Adam Hills and keeps getting you. <laughs> he's dyslexic. Oh, he's like, oh, fuck. He, oh, he can tell the difference between you physically. He just can't tell the difference between your names. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that he wanted to live in the Adam Hills, but he's ended up living in the Will Andersons. Oh, no. Oh, there's, some, there's, some bad, there's some bad parts of town in the Will Andersons. Oh, God. There's that, some places you want to keep away from. Oh, no. You, don't get, <laughs> you only go to that bar once. <laughs> And not late at night. <laughs> not late at night. But there's some secret places if you know where to go that the rewards oh, yeah. might... Uh... a couple of pop-up bars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Only around for a little bit. Get in, get out. Have a drink. <laughs> no, you're uh, safe to walk home. <laughs> so somebody said that Interstellar was one of the worst movies of the year. Oh, right. And I called that person stupid. Someone in the newsroom, Nazard asked the people in the newsroom and in the newsroom, and so I said, that person shouldn't be able to read news because that person doesn't understand stuff. Right. I said, go and see that movie and get someone to explain it to you and then get back to me, newsreader. That, no, that's not the blind newsreader. That you no, thought. it wasn't. I would, no, oh, right. Oh, yeah. I would have cut her a break. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a visually spectacular movie. <laughs> right. You lose something in being blind. Yeah, for a moment I was freaking out. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. why do I keep hearing all these? Like, it's like a book thudding to the ground. Yeah. I don't really understand what that's about. Oh, why does it... Oh, it says no, stay. It wasn't, it wasn't the... <laughs> <laughs> a good interstellar joke for those who are fans. <laughs> It wasn't the blind newsreader, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so in this uh, multi-dimensional quantum universe and yeah. you get your alternative Justins, who are they? Yeah, I would be a, a fucking cracking point guard in the NBA okay. and I would have played in five finals over a 13-year career and I reckon won three. Right. I reckon that's, uh, you know, I'm giving something back with okay. this. Good. Don't, don't get right. me wrong, I still make the finals two yeah, more no. times. But uh, but I'm always considered someone... I would like to be the player that is solid during the season, yep. but everyone... Finals time. Finals time. Yep. He heats up. Uh, so, tell me this. Uh, do, have you ever made an all-star game? Uh, did you ever oh, get yeah. to that level where you were yeah. like an all-star game? I reckon I played in eight. One year I couldn't play because I had an injury. <laughs> so, I made eight, but I played in seven. That's fair. Um, uh, I, I'm always, not, always fan voted, or were you a coach's pick on any time on the? Oh, fan voted. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a style that people enjoy watching. Like it's, you know, I never forget it's a show. And they root for you because you're like the short white guy with glasses. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll, no, I'll have cream. I'll have cream. Cream the ones, the ones with the the wraparound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or maybe Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Do you know Kurt Rambis? No. He used to have glasses like this in the 80s with long blonde hair and he'd come off the bench and he was the white guy who'd just like leap 15 rows and to get the ball and throw it back. He's always getting up covered in soft drink because he's in popcorn because he's smacked it everywhere. He'll have a bit of a tussle with Kevin McHale who was like 6'11 with really long arms but Kurt Rambis didn't give a fuck. So, okay. yeah. Uh, and he wore glasses. And he wore glasses. And that was the best thing about it, because back then it was like, what is going on, right? Now he's the ultimate hipster. <laughs> Rambus for hipster, 2015. Well, that, that's why you're popular as well, because you're popular yeah. with the hipsters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Yeah, like, you, you've got an ironic appeal as well as an actual appeal. Right. The hipsters have started coming in. You're like Blake, Blake Griffin. Yeah. You're the one that's like cool to like, because you're yeah. like funny outside basketball and stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I give I like good it. interview. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, not a big scorer, but can hit a hit a shot when it's needed. Right. That Chris kind of Paul. thing. Yeah. Facilita- yeah. Facilitator. Yeah. Rather than a, lots of assists. Trying to make other people look good. Yeah. And a deceptively high amount of two things. One rebounds, mm-hmm. like about six. Right. Which for is your size. Pr- like for my size, yeah. people. How Amazing. Does he get six yeah, rebounds. You're like the spud web of rebounds. <laughs> right. But the other thing is, is that I block one point one shots a game. Like always on bigger guys, like Dwayne Wade. I'm always coming up from behind and going. Boom! And just smacking it into the rows, and people just go, "Oh, that little fella, he is ironically awesome." <laughs> I got to be honest with you. And people wear glasses to the game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, they hold up the glasses. Yeah. Up, yeah, but they got giant versions of your glasses. Yeah, like Kenny Everett doing Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good life, isn't it? Get a few endorsements. Yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd speak out. I'd speak my mind. You know, yeah, on issues. Yeah, you would have been progressive. Yeah, in the time of like AIDS, you would have played with. You would have been the first guy to like shake would, hands with Magic Johnson, without and, a doubt, you know, and guard him close. Yeah, you would have like played. I would have fouled him yeah. on the first play. Yeah. As a statement. Just the show. Yeah. Like when Philip Hughes died, the cricketer who uh, I've spoken a little bit on this podcast about, Australian cricketer Philip Hughes who died while playing his sport, was hit in the head by a bouncer by Sean Abbott. Yeah. And in the first game of cricket, when all the cricket came back, cricket took a a pause. Yeah. But when it came back, uh, Abbott was playing. Yeah. And he bowled a bouncer very early on. Yeah. And in the test match... The bouncer was bowling like the first or second over. Yeah. And everybody's like, you have to do it. Like, yeah. it's part of the game. Yeah. We've had it part of the game for 110 years and it's never like this is, was a one off incident. Yeah. You know, we, but it was a real, like, it's a real statement. Your statement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what you would have been. You would have just hard checked magic. On, I would like, have, I would have, I would have hard checked him. I would have brought him to the ground and the, there would be. How it, would you, how would you have done that to make sure he didn't look homophobic? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he would have been going up for a shot and I would have. I would have grabbed a bit of the ball because I'm good at blocking. Right. But I would have followed through and as I was – I would have kind of just no, threw he, momentum, no, brought him to the no, ground, but then no, he, I would have held him. Uh, would have helped him up. Oh, that's pretty good. But here's what I imagine happens. Yeah. Because I'm thinking now of the statue of this moment. Okay. You know, when people look at it as one of those sportsman-like moments when like in the four-minute mile where like was it John Landy who right. went back for – yeah, that, yeah. Oh, but, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So this is one of those moments. Yeah, you know, this is this is the this, this is, is the Ali. black this is the black power guys with Australian Peter Norman standing on the dais. Yeah, and like Peter Norman, I think it's that's his name, mm, Peter mm. Norman. Uh, people will have seen this famous image. It's the the black power salute yeah. in the gloves and. Uh, Peter Norman had, uh, I think, won the silver medal. So he was yeah, on the days as in, well. Yeah, and he actually and gave uh, one of the gloves. Yeah. One and of the guys forgot the gloves. So that's, that's right. Why they're on and they'd asked him. Yeah. They said, you know, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. You know, we don't want to spoil your moment or make your yeah. moment. Like, you know, you're going to be part of this forever. And he was like, no, no I support it. And he wore a pin yep. to say that he was like supporting, you know. Yep. The, so that's an iconic moment, right? right? Now, this moment is mostly about magic, but it's also about you and your yep. legacy and people liking you. And this is how, right. In the statue, I'm more of an outline. So, no, no, this is how I imagine it happening. This is like the first play. Magic goes up for one. And because you're known for your yeah. uncompromising you know, blocking of shots, right? Yeah. You, for a little fella. For a little fella. Yeah. You go up at that time. So, he's going up towards the rim, right? Yeah. And you go up at the same time and your hands, yeah. like, like touch the ball at the same time. So you're basically almost hanging in air. Yeah. Just the two of you with like a hand on each side of the basketball, right? Yeah. And then you just, and it's a jump ball, right? Yeah. Because like you've both got the ball, right? right? So they call a jump ball and then Magic just hugs you. Yeah. And then that's like, but like that moment of like, 
the two of you in the air towards the rim with like the both hands on the basketball. That's like the that's the statue moment. Yeah, that's the photo that they yep. sell for outrageous amounts of. We sign money. some of them. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we make a bit of coin out Mostly of this. Mostly for charity, but sometimes. <laughs> oh, sometimes for some coin on the side. A little side. bit of blowback, yeah, but <laughs> you know what? It was a great moment. You were there. You made that moment happen. Yeah. For for anyone who's an NBA purist, I want to point out in this uh, fantasy, Magic is uh, towards the end of his career, and I'm at my peak. So uh, there's no way I could have done that to him in his peak. Oh no, this is right towards the end. Yeah. But yeah. also for the timeline. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, as in for, like, you know, for you to be, like, yeah. it, had, it needs to, you were like the young gunner. This is the moment that made you. Yeah. The devastating point of that story, though, is I realise I don't play for the Lakers <laughs> if I do this block. Who, so who do you think I play for? You might for? play for the Lakers at some stage. Maybe I'll. It's the NBA. Yeah, I'll transfer. You got uh, drafted. Last few years, I'll yeah. help. The, you know what I do? I come over in the last few years and I help uh, mentor uh, Phil Jackson asked me to come and help mentor a young Shaq and Kobe and I'm like the ninth and 10th player who gets on now and again and does some pretty good things when he gets on but I'm there to impart my wisdom oh, and then they just keep winning like pennants because they're great together and they'll dominate the competition yeah. and you're part of that and also Kobe won't rape anyone right because you'll get in his ear and say hey no means no, yeah. Kobe, even for you my friend <laughs> yeah, can you not do that? it's going to make it really hard for me to enjoy your retirement <laughs> It really is. <laughs> so that would be, uh, so, you know, we've got Magic Johnson. Right. I'd be tragic, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm tragic for everyone I play against. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tragedy when I get the ball and you're in the opposition and you're up by two and I'm at the three point line one, with 1.3 seconds to go. And I, I like the <laughs> idea that when you become popular, they rewrite, like, you know, what's a, what's a great song that has magic in it? Like, you know. Ah, uh, it's tragic. <laughs> we know. Yeah, I can't believe he is so. That's good. Yeah, and so that's why they play at the games yeah. when you come out. Like yeah. and the whole crowd sings it. They hold yeah. up their giant glasses. Yeah, and they yeah. sing. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to be that guy. Okay, so that's one. Right, that was a pretty good one. That was yeah, be- that was better than any of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly that guy who owns the One Pie Face franchise. No, he got the no, 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 no. That was the alternate to the alternate. No, no, the other guy uh, owns the high whole face. franchise. High Face, High Face. Yeah, he's that fine. Doing well. Yeah, he's kicking yeah. goals. And he's got the new High Face app where you can track your 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 your, your, your what you're getting delivered to you, like yeah. Domino's have. Yeah, that's brought them back. Did you yeah. say that? No, Domino's have had the greatest year they've had in like forever outside of Denver. Outside of Denver, even, right? Because they've got this. No, in Australia, this is because mm. Domino's were really like it, it wasn't going well for Domino's because you can get a struggle. lot of great pizza in Australia. Yeah, so many people do. Like it was always uh, convenience. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, but Domino's have got this new pizza tracker thing app. So when you order it, you can see like where they're making like what and track it to your house and you know where. And people apparently have just gone mad for it. Yeah. Like it's been in, in, like thirty percent or forty percent increase in their profits or something ridiculous like that, just based on people going. So I'm I'm definitely having an app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to have an app. You yeah. got to have an app. Yeah. So I'll definitely have an app. Okay. So that's one. Who's the next one? Uh, the next one is I reckon I'm working in comics, writer, artist. I'm That's pretty good. I'm somewhere in between the uh, uh, the early dynamism of Frank Miller mm-hmm. and uh, the mind-bending ideas of Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. that I like that fun. as a. I, so what if you? Because I was thinking about this actually, like, and maybe this is a whole separate one, right? Uh, but it, it's maybe in this same world. Maybe these two characters couldn't exist. Like, maybe they're the same person. Is yep. what I'm about to say. Uh, I was listening to you and Rove talk about uh, like the wrap up to Doctor Who oh, right. for last year, and yep. 
I was listening to the two of you talk about what they should have done and what you would have done and whatever. Yeah. And I sent you both a message saying I would just love, like genuinely love, as a Doctor Who fan, yeah. like if you guys were the showrunners for the next series of Doctor Who. I think yeah. it would be a great series of Doctor Who. So maybe this guy ends up like, you know, this Justin ends yeah. up being out of your work doing comic books and whatever, you get an opportunity to maybe that's not a separate person. No, no, I reckon know. you can I reckon well Neil Gaiman's written for right. so you you know, you kinda have uh, I have a, a weird uh, you know against the grain early 90s run of Daredevil where right. one of his he gets hit by more radioactive material and it's uh, by more more and now it, well just you know it's science and it increases one of his uh, senses to a, a moment where he realises he's a character in a comic book oh. that's combining my Frank Miller Grant Morrison yes. sides right but also that experiments with those like interstellar ideas of like right. different dimensions and yep. even explores what we're doing right now yeah which is how are we not to know that by even speaking these things that these things like you know if i mean i don't understand obviously you know the actual the idea of that you know many possible universes and how that actually works and how it works in a but let's use the pop culture fringe topop, tofop, fofop, you know, way, which is like yeah. the other world's pretty much just like our world, except you're different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. Well, it keeps it simple. Right. It keeps it simple. Otherwise, you fall down into a multiverse rabbit hole. <laughs> but there is some sort of idea, I think, that in every moment where, like, I was trying to explore this in, like, my improv show. I think there's something in this idea, but I haven't quite nailed it yet, which is the idea that, like, when I go out and do those, there's the possibility that it could just be perfect. From right. start to finish, it right. could be perfect. And sometimes there are moments where it is. Yeah. Like even in this universe, yeah. like this one that I live in, there are moments, and I think that's what we love about comedy the most, is that you you just get glimpses into how it could be great. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're just glimpses. But there are moments when you're in that moment. There was a thing I did in the room. It's one of my favourite things I've done on stage at the improv shows. There was a girl who um, had driven three and a half hours to get there and had to drive three and a half hours home afterwards, right? And I'm talking to her, she's in the front row, but it turns out she'd been at the show the night before as oh well. Oh, God, right. So she'd also done that same trip the day before. Right. And it was one of those moments in the room, everybody, you can talk about anything on stage. Not everyone in the room will relate to what you're talking about. Yeah. It is impossible for you to come up with a topic that everybody will have a similar experience of. Right. But here's what happened in that moment. Everybody in the room had had the exact same experience. We'd all had this moment where everybody had all the information we needed to enjoy this next moment and to be in it. And I did five or ten minutes of just the conflict I had. Like even those next three minutes, I don't think I talked. It was just me... Like trying to physically manifest if I was happy or scared about that information. Right. Everybody in the room, because she was a lovely girl, nobody wanted to be scared by it. Like we were having a great fun. Yeah. Complimented thing. But then it kind of was like, oh, is this too much? Yeah. Everyone was there for it. So I didn't even have to speak for a couple of minutes because I, because everyone knew I was struggling through the same things they were struggling through. And then when I talked it through in that moment and talked both sides out and decided that I was flattered and like whatever, but it was, you could never it was wonderful if i could have that connection with every routine i do that's that's comedy to me that's yeah. the pure fucking comedy yeah it was yeah. perfect yeah i'm not saying anything else i did for the week was perfect no but that moment did you record it yeah we taped oh all, yeah all the yeah shots. great we videotaped great. them all 
Oh, we're going to do a pack. Them. Yeah. We uh, we filmed them because we're going to do a extra for the DVD. Oh, right. So just the kind of like, I guess, 40 minutes or an hour of like bits and pieces from those shows. But we do have the tapes of each of the shows. Yeah, So great. at some stage, I'd love to. I'm not sure how much of it I own or what I'm allowed to do. Right. But at some stage, I'd like to just release all of them. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, if people would like to see them, I think it would be fun for people to see them. You could be like Pearl Jam when they decided we're going to release every bootleg right. album. So that at least everyone's getting good quality. And I thought that would be like a fun bootleg. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, not, but just put it up and, you know, people could see it. And even when you watch this moment, you won't be able to get it because you weren't there. Weren't you in didn't the room. feel it, you know. Yeah. But, and, but it was perfect. It was perfect. It was one of the, my favorite things I've ever done. Yeah. Because I was just like that, that couldn't, I couldn't re- recreate it. No. It just... So, doesn't it mean that there's a universe where it's possible that every bit of it was like that? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What an arsehole. I bet he's pretty fucking happy with his life. life. Yeah. That's who his life I want. This is bullshit. Fucking want his life. You want Will from Earth 2. Right. Anyway. So, my my writer name would be Justin T. Hamilton. Oh, yeah. So, we got Tragic Justin. We got Justin T. Hamilton. Okay. One more. Uh... I would be quite content to live in Adelaide and I'd run the Adelaide Fringe and just hang out with my mates, probably coach basketball. But my main thing would be that I would uh, uh, be in charge of the Adelaide Fringe and I'd be running it for, uh, you know, enough time and it's getting towards the end of my tenure and I'll go on to something else and that'd be Festy Camo. <laughs> you might want a better name for that one. <laughs> look, this is, look, it's been a long journey. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you are spending a lot of time at a fringe festival too. Right. So you will get a bit festy. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without it works for two reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels. Yeah, there's certainly a part of me that would like to work with other people in some capacity like that if I had a different life. Mm. I think maybe like a, yeah. I, like, because here's the thing. I've never really given much time to TV because it's not my passion. Yeah. And I understand that if I want to be good at... Like, I'm not good enough at stand-up. I'm not that fucking arsehole Will from fucking Earth 2 who's awesome at coming oh, up with that stuff God. all the time. Earth 2 Will. So, <laughs> I mean, he can do other things because he's right. so fucking good at stand-up. But right. I have to work on stand-up a lot to, you know, to be work as good muscle. as I can be. Yeah. You know, um, and try to get better and whatever. And so I tend to do less TV, not because I don't like TV, but because I know that I can't do both and be good at the one thing I want to be good yeah. at. But there's another part of me that would have mi- wouldn't have minded trying to get good at TV. I like doing TV. Yeah. And if I was that guy who was just like, well, no, no, this is going to be my thing. And, and I, I think I would love to produce things and make shows for other people. And yeah. I love w- working with other people and yeah, uh, helping them kind of realize their voices and their dreams and stuff. Like, there is a part of me that was kind of like, that one's not one necessarily that... The, the the there's still a that's you know as you get older you kind of rule these things out. I mean there's mm. little chance I'm not going to rule it out, but there's little chance yeah. with today's technology as we know it that you're going to get to be uh, you know an NBA basketballer at right. this stage. Right, it's probably ruled out. It's at this definitely point. you're certainly not going to have that moment with magic unless yeah. I guess technology also advances to the point where magic makes a comeback. Right, right. Hopefully it advances well enough for me to get some serious skills. Right. <laughs> So, I guess that, so. That's the first thing, but I could still do that. That one that I just said, yeah, I could still do that. Yeah, like there is a part of me that could still be a TV. Like you know, I could decide at some stage to just go. Well, I'm going to do TV now and make something good. And I have a few ideas up my sleeve that I always thought if I, you know, got to do something that maybe I would do that and whatever. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's possible, and maybe your Doctor Who slash 
comic book guy one is still possible. Yeah, that one's possible. Yeah. That, what am I doing? <laughs> I, better, <laughs> I better get writing. <laughs> that would be fun to run uh, Doctor Who for. I reckon I would. it would be fun to do it for a season. Just get That's in, all. hit hard, get out. It's almost like they need a... Um, you're like the interim, the refresher, you know? Yeah. The gap between the, you know... The Warren Ellis of Doctor Who writers. You're you know the- how Warren Ellis will come into a comic like Moon right. Knight, just does six issues, blows everyone away and sets a template that then is now being used quite successfully? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah kind of like a... J.J. Abrams sells that a little bit. Mm. Probably, you know, like he's a guy who'll come in and like, you know, set something up or set a franchise up, maybe yeah. even direct the first episode, whatever, but then moves on to the setting up another franchise. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a that's a good place to be, I reckon. Yeah, because it means that uh, you know, even if people don't like it, you're not around long enough to annoy them, right? <laughs> so if, if if that's the negative, and then the positive, of course, is people just go, you know, it would have been. Oh, I wish they did a few more episodes, and you'd always be a rumor. That's that's a nice place to yeah. be. Yeah, you know, it's uh, look. This might blow people out, but uh, I'm going to talk about the Dark Knight, okay, and nice. uh, and it's uh, you know you, you you die the hero who live long enough to become the villain. Like a lot of uh, these showrunners that we all loved at the start, right. it's only because they've just stayed just a little bit too long. I mean, I, I, that's absolutely right, and yeah. with shows as well. Like, I mean, it is yeah. such a hard thing to do. Like, like, how do you know? By the way, like I th- I think people believe that it's an easy thing to know, but. I don't think it is. Like, if you're in the middle of doing something, you don't necessarily know what it's like from the outside. I mean, part of the reason we had a year off Gruen was I felt like maybe that show was coming towards its end. Even though it's it's still, you know, really popular and people seem to really like it, which is, you know, lovely. Um, I felt like our last season was our best season. Yep. But I kind of was like, well, what do we do next year? Yeah. Like, what do we do next year that's better than this? Yeah. Maybe it's just better to go, hey, we had like six good years – that's heaps. Yeah. That's better than anyone could expect. And we got out of it, you know. Yeah. Like we weren't the, you know, the test cricket captain who spends the last two years making fucking 30 runs. Right. And everyone's like, it'd be good if he got runs at some stage because we loved him so much. Oh. Well, Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. want to be Kobe, you know. Yeah. Like you don't want to be, you want to go out strong. Yeah. But at the same time, it's rare in life that you get to do something like Gruen that, that I love to do and that I think is an interesting show that's a bit different to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I may never get to do something like that again. Yeah. So there's another part of and like there is obviously a big audience that still really likes the show. So you're kind of like, well, maybe there is better in us. Right. Maybe there's more. I, I was saying to someone today, they're asking me about Gruen for next year and they, well, for this year now, I suppose. And they were saying, you know, where are you at with it? And I said, well, if we'd done last year, it definitely would have been our last season. Yeah, right. right? But because we've had a break, we yeah. might we might go back and we might this might be our last season. Yeah. But you know what? Who fucking knows? Maybe we'll do another four years. Yeah. Like if people like it and want to see it or whatever. Yeah. And then maybe we'll stay too long and people will be like, I fucking wish they finished when they... I don't know. It's hard yeah. to... But I know the amount of time I think about those decisions and I, you don't want to let down the audience. You don't want to... You want to leave on a high. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You want them to still be talking <laughs> nicely about you. Mm. But also that, uh, you know... Anyway, yeah, it's it's. I find it quite fascinating from the outside, and it's always something that I try to keep in mind with anything that I do, just because you just don't want to tip it over, and it doesn't take much. Uh, we should finish up because I've got to go and uh, do oh, the project. Project, yeah. Um, but uh, we didn't get to talk about Bali. Let's uh, put a pin in that for next time. We'll talk about Bali. Yeah. 
because uh, we went to Bali for Lemo's wedding and there's plenty to talk about. Oh, so much. So much to talk about. And there's some things that we can't talk about. There is also some things we can't talk about. But, you know, we'll talk about heaps of other things. Yeah, and we'll probably get to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, uh, what do people need to know about you? They can listen to the aforementioned podcast, Can You Take This Photo, Please? Yep. Uh, the, I, I would definitely recommend if you're a Doctor Who fan, uh, check into that episode. But the first half of the episode is not about Doctor Who anyway. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, and Rove's a great chat on that. Peter Hellier said to Rove, uh, he said, because uh, he just doesn't get the Doctor Who talk, and he said, I've got the latest podcast. Do I need to turn it off at any point? And Rove was like, yeah, about halfway. Yeah. <laughs> the bit where you guys say, hey, Peter Hellier, turn it <laughs> off now. <laughs> It's fine. If you've got a personal shout out. Yeah. Uh, so definitely listen to that. Uh, what else? Oh, well, I've got uh, shows in Perth on the 20th and 21st of February. And they're selling really well. Yeah, here. they're selling really well. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well I done, think, Perth. Good uh, thank you very much. I think those gigs uh, that I did support for you over there really, uh, really helped pay off. So uh, yeah. thanks, dudes. Uh, then at Sea Adelaide Fringe from the beginning of March, uh, two weeks. What's your show called? Snacks. Snacks. Ah, uh, I'll eat every one of them. Nom 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 nom. Even comes with its own theme song. Nice. Uh, and then it'll be. And the shelf is on sale at the moment. And I'm sure Melbourne Comedy Fest will be on sale soon. But the shelf is definitely on sale. Okay, fantastic. Uh, January 19, uh, you will be able to see Justin and I. Uh, Justin and me. Justin and I. Two of Justin us. Justin and I. The two of us. Yep. Uh, at the Sydney Opera House in the concert hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, less than two weeks away now. So yeah, there exciting. are still some tickets available. Uh, look, it, here's, here's the uh, truth as I know it. It'll probably sell out. Yeah. It's kind of on that, like at the moment, it's on that trajectory. If it kind of keeps selling how it's selling, it's going to sell out. Yeah. Uh, I am also doing a bunch of press this week. I'm doing the project and I've been doing some radio and stuff. It may sell out before. Yeah. There may be tickets available up. What I'm saying is, fucking buy a ticket now and yeah. come. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It'll be heaps I've of been, fun. It's my favourite show. I've been doing it all year. This is the last time I ever get to do it. Yeah. This is the fucking DVD I'm recording to erase the fucking travesty of that old DVD that I fucking hate. Oh, right. And because all I wanted was to just do one more good DVD so that when I die, people don't show that old shitty one with me with my fucking Madonna mic. <laughs> <laughs> So come, so that when I die, yeah. they've got something good to show on the news. Yeah. Is that not enough, people? Uh, also, uh, <laughs> my uh, Adelaide Fringe Brisbane Comedy Festival and Melbourne Comedy Festival shows are on sale. Free Will is the name of that show. Uh, I will tell you guys this, but don't spread it around. Uh, Mondays during the Comedy Festival, as well as The Shelf, I will be doing uh, a show called Political Will, uh, which is a completely an hour of Australian uh a political comedy, I guess, or comedy, not political comedy necessarily, but uh, about my opinions and thoughts about, uh, you know, some things that are happening in Australia. I'm doing three shows only at the comedy theatre and I'm not advertising them. Uh, we're going to keep it pretty much on the down low, only for kind of hardcore, serious fans. It's my second show, so it'll be a bit looser than the, the other show. And, mm. you know, um, so I'm going to do that. But um, February the 9th? I think. Anyway, Monday, February the 9th. I'm going to say February the 9th. Uh, the 200th episode of Fofop will be happening at oh, the right. Nerd Melt Theatre in uh, West Hollywood. That's cool. Uh, out the back of a comic book shop if you've never been to Nerd Melt before. And uh, it would be great if people came. It's free. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the Fofengers. 
uh, <laughs> uh, lineup of our international guests, uh, yep. Jen Kirkman. Uh, so it's basically all uh, the audience's favorite, like, you know, regular uh, overseas guests. They're all doing the show. So yep. Jen Kirkman's doing the show. Dave Anthony, of course, is doing the show. Right. Gareth Reynolds yep. is doing the show. Matt Kirshen is doing the show. Daniel Sloss is in from Scotland and he's doing the show. It's going to be. It's just going to be fucking amazing. Come yeah. down, be part of it. We'll have some beers. We'll, we'll celebrate the 200th episode of FOFOP. Um, and if you're lucky, alternate Justin T. Hamilton might be there doing some signings. Right. And the other guy can own the bookshop. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again soon.